Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined as always by Mr. Willie Ramirez. Willie, how you doing? Well, it's going good. Or uh, you woke up, and all of a sudden, we have another uh, world champion in our backyard. Second straight uh, title for the Las Vegas Aces. First time in 21 years that we've seen this in the WNBA. Yeah. I was just going to say back-to-back titles with with these Aces. I mean, is there more to come? I mean, they they seem pretty. Do- I know that we were expecting a sweep, but they seem pretty dominant. They did. I think you know. Obviously, the most impressive thing is being able to do it with two starters out, Chelsea. Greg, he is Stokes, both back from last year, both started last year. Uh, Chelsea Gray with her resume and what she brought to this team, you know, since she's arrived. So I think that was the most impressive thing because I think a lot of people expected the New York Liberty to force at the very least a game five. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that what we saw in the first half, we were going to see the rest of the game. Um, but Asia will, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is the, the Aces have been a dominant team in the third quarter all season. And I was really surprised that Sandy Brundello did not have her troops come out of the locker room at halftime, a little bit better prepared, a little bit, you know, carrying the momentum that they created in the first half. So it sort of shocked me to see that. But um, you can't, you're just, I've said this before, I've said it to you on this show in the past that at the beginning of the season that Brianna Stewart, top to bottom is you know the most technically sound and skilled basketball player at that point when I said that but what I also said was Asia Wilson at any given time and you can read this in the column I wrote earlier this year when I talked about their rivalry that Asia Wilson is the most dominant player Uh, we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago going into the playoffs where I compared the two to the Kevin Durant LeBron James argument where many had Durant being the most skilled the most talented player in the world but the most dominant player when they want to be was LeBron James. The most dominant player when she wants to be take over a game at any given time is Asian. So then we saw it last night. No, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, she can carry teams when she wants to. She can, you know, sit, take a step back out of the limelight and let her team cook as well. Um, does this kind of change everything for that MVP conversation for her um, for years to no, because well, maybe years to come, but you can't. You you, you realistically, ethically, you're not allowed to look at the postseason and what they did in the postseason. She could prove all that she wanted and say and and let it fuel her and, and do what she did. But you know, um, with what Brianna Stewart, you know, we we heard a lot last night. We heard a lot the 
two days about Kelsey Plum and so on, or from Kelsey Plum. But New York went through a lot of adversity too. New York went through times of injury. Um, you know, they had to, they just as easily, you know, they're both super teams, yes, right? But the Aces were a super team that infused Alicia Clark, missed the second half of the season. The Liberty had to find chemistry on a super team in bringing in the likes of John Quill Jones, Courtney Vandersloot, and Brianna Stewart. Sandy Brundello needed time to blend that chemistry together. So um, with what Brianna did in the regular season, I could justify it. Lee, um, Asia finishing in third behind Alyssa Thomas, all due respect to AT and her triple doubles. But you really can't justify a fourth-place vote in the MVP voting. That's just straight hatership right there. So um, uh, all she did was prove, like I said, that she's the most dominant player that can take over a game. But as far as the MVP talk, that has to do with the regular season, not the playoffs. So what we saw is what she earned. She dominated the playoffs. She led the Aces to a win, especially last night when they needed it. And she proved and earned that she got the uh, that she uh, you know the finals MVP. Yeah, I, I mean, again, the, just you're gonna hear her name kind of in discussion. I um, hopefully, like you said, in years to come for that MVP um, regular season award. Um, I'm knocking on wood for her uh, for seasons to come. I actually was having a conversation two days ago with some Vegas residents that were visiting in LA. And uh, I I told them, you know, I I am on the radio. I do, you know, do a a small little show called the Arash Barakazi show. And all they could talk about were the aces. They weren't talking about the Raiders. They weren't talking about, um, you know, their baseball team to come. They were talking about the Las Vegas aces. I could not believe these three guys, by the way, um, I could not believe the support that Vegas gets when it comes to their WNBA team. Um, I, I thought I was like, okay, well, they're going to probably go to these, um, th- these little things or whatever and all their games and stuff. They really sure are diehard out there. Um, can you tell me what Vegas, like basically what happened in Vegas after this whole entire, uh, what was the Las Vegas after the Aces won the WNBA championship again uh, two years in a row? Well, Las Vegas sports fans are diehard winning fans. They're fans of winners. I can tell you right now that if the Las Vegas Aces fell off at some point, let's say the Candace Parker project, the Alicia Clark project, Asia, God forbid, gets injured, and they're, they're, they play the type of season that that we saw the Atlanta Dream play. They're mediocre into the playoffs. Nicolo Bolter Arena would not be as electric. They would not be as supportive. So they can think all the they can think, and the fans showed out. Don't get me wrong, but I've been in this town since 1972, and I know how fair weathered fans are in this town. They're a the the culture that's bred in this town or that's been bred since the 70s has been bred on UNLV sports. Everybody else in this town since the mid nineties are transients that came in from professional cities and all around the country. So they understand pro sports it are still die- the, the reason there's not as much excitement about the Raiders because the NFL has been around forever and they have their people, NFL fans stick to their teams. So the Raiders, they could care less about unless they were already Raiders fans or, or 
they never were really NFL. They never really had an NFL team. They're NFL fans, but now they jumped on board. Golden Knights are, are were organically built. So yeah, they have fans, but hockey fandom is not as big. The Aces came in with Bill Lambiernane. They provided a, a, a an exciting product, and once they started winning and producing, um, that's when you saw the fans come to life. Now they're back-to-back champions, and of course the fans are going to be there. And it's hard to ignore the in, you know. Um, could you imagine them making a Saturday morning cartoon out of the Las Vegas Aces like they did a long time ago out of the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> I mean, you could see Asia Wilson being, you know, the superhero, you know, uh, lead of the of, of the show. You could see Kelsey Plum. You can see, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I remember back when I was a kid and they would make cartoon shows out of heroes whether they were sports players, whether they were whatever they may have been in real life, but they were real life characters turned into animation. I mean, the, the, the characters and personalities, it's hard not to fall in love with this team. Everybody on the team down from the top of the roster to the bottom of the roster is beloved. It doesn't matter who comes into the game. The crowd goes wild. So the electricity across the town last night, like on my Instagram story, uh, stories, I should say, <laughs> People were going crazy at sports bars across the town, at watch parties. The UNLV uh, football coach, Barry Odom, had his radio show yesterday. People were hanging around after that to watch the Aces game. So the town was electric. Of course it was electric because they've fallen into a winning product. We've said this as sports media in this town. If the Golden Knights ever fall off like they did a couple of years ago when they missed the playoffs, you're going to see – empty seats in the building if the aces were to ever fall off there's going to be a die-off of fandom and there will be empty seats so they're in love with the winning team they do love the players they love becky hammond but um that's just how las vegas is right now it's a very las vegas because of the golden knights and because of the las vegas aces and then the surrounding sports that pop in of course right now vegas getting ready for the f1 yeah, I, I mean, I'm not even going to go into that debacle yet uh, about F1. I mean, that's got to be a nightmare. I mean, it's happen because I love some racing, but I, I can't imagine how crazy it's got to be over there right now as far as, you know, just the logistics of everything. I know people are talking about that as well. Um, last but not least, I wanted um, one more question I've got for you when it comes to the, we're looking at a three-peat. It's certainly possible. I really think it depends on, you know, we talked about the characters and the personalities on the scene. It really depends on who Becky Hammond um, and Natalie Williams, you know, when they, when they, when they get into the, the war. Expanded team, there's just not expanded rosters. So the fact that they can't expand the roster Somebody's got to go. One or two players will not be on this team. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Kirsten Bell, who's going to be coming into her third season and needs to renegotiate her contract? Is it going to be Sid Colson, who has been told, you know, who we've been told was stuck around for her vibe in the locker room, her veteran leadership, and she knows what, uh, Becky Hammond knows what she's going to bring when she calls her number. But for more than anything, it's the locker room presence. So who's going to stick around? Which players, which personality? afforded which bonuses can be paid there's a lot to be uh there's a lot to be considered but it 100 
can be a, rela- a reality that there will be a three-peat if they can keep the core four intact because they've proven that anyone who comes in can fit with that roster. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking at, it's really an exciting time right now, right, for the WNBA as far as aces are concerned. And, and just to see that future that they have. Um, I don't want to go from a high to a low, but um, I want to go to there's um, switching gears a little bit, and um, they will be playing the Bears this week. Every game, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I personally think every single game is a must win. Every single game is um, not easy, right? It doesn't matter if you're one in five, um, if you're playing a team that's one in five, or if you're playing a team, you know, that is six and six and oh right now, which no one right, team right. is, but um, even if they were six and oh, right. Um, let's talk about the Raiders um, and their possible. Um, this game against uh, Chicago yeah. um, with possibly no Jimmy G. A couple of backups um, facing one another uh, in as far as Raiders quarterback yeah. and the Bears quarterback. What I've really been impressed by is the defense. I mean, it, at some point in time, we need to put Max Crosby in the conversation for defensive player of the year with how he's basically leading the charge. You know, uh, he may not be high on the sack chart as far as stats are concerned and, and, and pressure. But what he's doing for this defense is amazing when you consider the Raiders were the last NFL team to put 20 points in it on the board in a game. So, you know, they're, they're, they're three and three because of how the defense has played. And that is something that has to be considered in terms of, you know, when you look at some of the better defenses in the league, you really don't think about the Raiders. But the fact of the matter is, that's why this team is three and three. That's why in a couple of weeks this team could very well be five and uh, six and four, based on the the the, uh, the teams that they're going to be facing. The one tough game that they have coming up is Detroit on Monday night, but they have a favorable schedule that could get them to six and four by the uh, week ten, or by their tenth game. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just is there is there a ho- hope in sight for this team? I mean. You know, their ownership has expanded so crazily, right, with Tom Brady coming in and, and being, being an owner. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just so, the Raiders, are gonna, the Raiders to me are like the Chargers, where, like, everybody thinks that there's, like, this grandeur hope of them, like, right. succeeding and winning right. titles and stuff, and they, you know, later on disappoint. Is this Raiders team just to, you know, kind of get over that hump? Personally, I, I personally, I don't think so under this leadership. I, I've just not been a believer of Josh McDaniel. Do I think Josh McDaniel is a great offensive mind? And do I think that in the right system, he can, he can, uh, you know, he can be a great offensive coordinator once again? Yes, but he needs the right co- head coach and he needs the right quarterback. I've been saying this since last year that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, if you look at the complexion of the the. When Josh McDaniels went and coached the Denver Broncos, they were horrible. He didn't have Tom Brady. When Tom Brady left New England to go to Tampa Bay, look what's happened with that roster. I watched that Patriots game last week. That offense is atrocious. So, I mean, it's scary to say this, but with a healthy Jimmy G or Brian Horner, the Raiders' offense might be more efficient and might be better than the the Patriots' offense. So, um, I, I just don't think that Josh McDaniels is head coach material. I think the, the vibes in the locker room, I've talked to many, uh, not many, I've talked to a handful of former Broncos that were there when he was there. 
and his way of thinking, his way of his way of sort of the chemistry between him and his players is not necessarily like what we heard about the Raiders when they had to take over for the uh, for John Gruden. Since the Raiders have been there, I would say the most the best chemistry we saw of this team was when after all that went down with John Gruden and Henry Ruggs, R.I.P. Tina Tintor, um, um, and and uh, Damon Arnett. The best chemistry was when Rich Passaccia was the interim head coach because they came together, played as one, and you really didn't have an egotistical head coach. He brought his coordinators in, let them do their jobs. He let each coach do their – I mean, it was – it was a lot more cohesive. From what I, my understanding, that's not the case. And let's face it, the guy they brought in to be the face of this team, Devontae Adams, is not happy right now. Yeah, I mean, who do you, at this point, let's just say in a perfect world, we can dump, you know, McDaniels, we can move on from him, um, and the, the, the season's over, we can move on, whatever, the right person now. Uh, that's, that's, that would be remains to be seen, because I don't think that Mark Davis is going to pry anybody away from another team um, to, to come into this situation. I don't think that there are going to be a lot of people that are buying into Jimmy G. Um, it just, it just depends. I'm going to find you know, from the uh, college ranks that's ready to come back to the pros or come into the pros. Um, are you going to find someone that's left a, you know, a long tenured situation to come into uh, to come into Las Vegas, I, I don't know because you don't know who's out there. You don't know who's going to be available. You don't know who's going to be willing to leave where they're at. Um, as far as coordinators are concerned, I know the funny talk after the Raiders Patriots game was the Patriots need to move on from Bill Belichick, uh, from Bill Belichick finally. And many people were saying if that happened and Belichick was available and you get to the end of the season and it's a failure, you fire McDaniel's. Would Mark Davis go after Bill Belichick? That would be hilarious. And let's not forget that Tom Brady has Mark Davis's ear as a partner. Uh, oh, and get in to be one of the owners of the Raiders. Tom Brady's influence could also have an effect on this team. I mean, would you really want Belichick, though? I mean, they had so... so I mean, maybe as an owner... No, it, was it, would be a jo- it was a joke. Okay, yeah, I'm like, no. that, that would... Uh, that, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> I, 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 from a funny conversation. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I, ugh, I, I don't know that 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 combo. Like, if you actually realistically thought about that combo, I know it's a joke, but like now I know it's a joke. But that combo, realistically, I just don't know how it would fly. Um, only got a couple minutes left. Wanted to go to the other winning team um, in Las Vegas. I love my second favorite sport. Right. They win. They play Winnipeg. Um, he's not doing that great. Kind of doing a repeat of opening day, right? Where they just squash the competition and just, um, I don't know, just are, are the Golden Knights of old. I don't even want to say the Golden Knights of old, just the Golden Knights of all time. Because this team is going to, like, at least going to make the playoffs, if not win another cup. In this year, if not next year, the year after that, they are primed for that. So um, what do you think about just today's matchup um, in general? Well, I, I think that they're playing well right now, and I think what's impressive is they're without two of their best defensemen in Alex Petrangelo and Alec Martinez. So they've gotten it done without them, Which and then Zach Whitecloud, yeah, again, one of the best up-and-coming young defenders in the entire league, 
Um, the fact that you have a healthy forward lines, you know, and Jack Eichel and, and Mark Stone and Zach Whitecloud all playing well. I mean, I think you have to, or not Zach Whitecloud, excuse me, Jonathan Marchessault playing well. You have to take all that. Well, here's another team adversity, if you will, in terms of overcoming injuries and uh, and getting it done and getting it done handsomely with a couple of goaltenders, right? Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson, both chomping at the bit. I think it's one and one A again. So you have to uh, you have to like their chances to continue this run. Chances in order to to keep it going, to keep the whole entire to keep this run going with the Golden Knights. I mean, when it comes, I do love the fact that they are um, on on that favorite spot right there, Willie. Thank you so much for your time. As always, always being available and just being such a patient. Great to see you. I will see you probably November 5th for that Raiders okay. uh, Giants game. Wear your Cowboys um, gear and we'll see Giants. you here. We're about. Oh, ouch. Ouch. I, I actually don't wear gear, so I will. I will be in neutral colors. I will just be going and enjoying the Legion and how beautiful that uh, arena is going to be. Let's leave it there for now, guys. But when we get back, um, we'll be joined by Jill Painter. When we come back on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, guys, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400. Boarding Tribune guest hotline and talk to the infamous Jill Painter and Grant Mona from the Sporting Tribune. Jill, how are you today? Good morning, G. Hey, and everyone. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. You know, um, another day. Um, another chance and opportunity to talk talk some sports with you guys, um, Grant. How how are you living? I mean, I I talk to Grant every week, so this is uh, so awesome, and I'm so happy about it. But uh, how are uh, you doing, doing there, Grant? Well, hanging in there. I think we all are. We're we're all just chugging through it right now, so we're good. <laughs> right. I know this weather is not really um, living up to par. I know we complain about you know it it has to be seventy something degrees every single day and sunny, but it really is kind of gloomy out there. Um, and I live right. Speaking no of complaining gloomy, if you live right by the ocean. <laughs> no complaining. <laughs> you know, they always say that, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna complain. Um, I'm in the valley. It's like ninety-five every day this week, so <laughs> uh, you know what though? I will take I will take ninety-five and 
most people that live in the valley have a pool, so I'm, I, I would I would take that a little over right now. This gloominess um, and it being cold. Um, speaking of gloomy, speaking of cold, speaking of just man, what a horrible loss last week. Um, FD goes in and plays Utah this Saturday. You guys, um, what are our expectations? Are we lowering them? Or are we uh, are we keeping them high for SD to you know for a title? Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think, I mean, Caleb Williams had his worst game last week, those three first half interceptions. Um, the defense actually played decent enough. And how many times have we been able to say that uh, this season? And so I, I think they rebound for sure. It's not like, you know, uh, Utah is going to be easy, but, um, you know, uh, you know, a little bit by Notre Dame, uh, just all around every phase of the game. And so uh, I think they get back on track now. Um, you know, they just have a gauntlet of a schedule with the Oregon's and Washington's cup and, you know, UCLA rivalry coming up. So uh, it, it, I think it's, it's a must win given, given what they're facing in the, in the uh, company. Yeah. I think for me, this is the time to get right. Like Jill mentioned, I mean, you have a tough loss against Notre Dame. Caleb Williams looks the worst that he's looked as a Trojan, in my opinion. But now is the time to get right. Now is where you have conference where you face that tougher competition. You know, before the season, I was talking to Arash yesterday and we were saying, you know, you can kind of say there's three big games, but it's actually four. Now that UCLA is playing pretty good football, they're 25th ranked. They play Stanford this weekend. But I mean, you're going to have to at least come away with this if you want to get back into that that conversation because there's just so many teams you have to pass. But if you want to get to that Pac-12 championship, you have to come away with at least two wins. I'd say even three. I know sweeping this gauntlet's probably not going to probably not going to happen just just judging based off of, you know, like Jill mentioned, their defense. They actually played pretty well against Notre Dame. Their defense big question marks even their special teams you can say at this point so usc if there's ever a time for them to get right and go on a run and kind of put their mark on this season and say hey we're going to put our foot down now now would be the time because they have obviously it's going to be at the coliseum it's going to be rocking and there's mentions that it was sold out and they're going to be playing washington at home as well to be rocking and arash mentioned this yesterday is that lincoln riley and Cale williams have not lost at the coliseum i know they lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship. They lost in South Bend last week, but they have not lost at the Coliseum, which bodes well for USC. But you're playing really good competition, and I just don't know if this team has the... They do have the talent, but I don't know if they have that toughness and grit that we saw last year from a team that I did not expect to be as good as they were last year. I know they lost season, but for USC, now's the time to go. They got to do it now. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just really concerned. I mean, I know that I'm putting the cart before the horse. I'm concerned about Washington with Pendix. Like, mm -hmm. he has such great talent surrounding him. And I've already told you guys that I want the New York Giants to take mm -hmm. quarterback. Yeah, I want to get rid of Jones. I know that he's not the guy. I said this last year. He's not the guy. So I, I was, I'm really looking forward um, to watching that game, maybe even possibly going to that one. Uh, just so I can see him live and in person. Um, but going up against Utah, I mean, that's, I think Caleb Williams is going to bounce. I don't think that this is going to be an issue for him. I think that, you know, we saw him before. 
right? We saw him last season struggle because that O-line was, he had to scramble a lot um, last season. He, those interceptions and everything. And he's been shouldering the load this whole entire time uh, for that UCLA offense, or UCLA offense, USC offense. Um, sorry, uh, but um, sorry, Grant, for that, for that slip. Um, <laughs> So I'm just, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of concerned um, for that defense, and if they can even just keep up because Utah's rough, man, on both ends of the football. Um, Utah's extremely rough. Do we think that this defense can even compete? I mean, I know that this is like now's the time to like bulk up, and now's the time to like you know, kind of. Is there a possibility on that? I think the question more uh, for, for me is, which it's been most of the season until Notre Dame showed otherwise, is can you outscore SC? Uh, and you're going to have to score normally, again, uh, except for that Notre Dame game, you're going to have to score 48, 50 points to, to beat SC. So I'm not sure if Utah uh, is going to. Um, and again, I think the defense has a lot to build on. Um, but you're right. Uh, Will Williams, I don't think, is going to have another game like that. Um, about it and but you're right he's got to be on these taking notes on what's going on around college football and he knows what is at stake here he's a reigning heisman winner he has done it before he knows how to play against these conference teams as well he's played well against them in the past and i think that he's going to take he's going to have some moxie that we haven't seen before from him before because that loss say what you want it was embarrassing honestly and i know that Caleb Williams is going to want his day nowadays um and i know that he's going to come out with some passion i know that he's going to throw multiple touchdown passes we know this usc team has talent we know Caleb Williams has talent they haven't really put it all together yet and that's what i'm kind of waiting for and you can look at it and say okay well you know it's getting kind of late in the season there's still a lot of football left to be played here and i know they're playing up against good competition but for Caleb Williams he has a chance to again make a stamp as, hey, I'm still the number one QB here. I know there's a lot of talk about Penix, a lot of talk about these other quarterbacks, but I'm still the, the guy. I'm still the reigning Heisman winner. And I think that he's going to take not that, that mentality, not just into this Utah game, but for the one talking about as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, speaking of going against certain other quarterbacks, I mean, Colorado's had their rough ones. Um, this season, you know, coming out strong in the very, very beginning. I know we're not giving, you know, your, your bless enough love out there, chill. Um, <laughs> what do we think about, I mean, they, this has been, this has been a rough in overtime against Stanford getting pummeled by Oregon earlier on in the season, you know, as SC and Colorado was a great matchup. I think just um, only if you look at the score, right. But like they, they were tit for tat. Um, majority of against SC. Um, they're playing UCLA this weekend, or sorry, next week, on the twenty eighth. Uh, what do you what do you think needs to be done for this Colorado team? And is the shine off of Prime now? Uh, I wouldn't say the shine's off Prime. Uh, maybe it's off Shador Sanders a little bit. Um, you know, we've seen uh, him in the showboating ways, and hey, you know, most like I love you know the celebrations. Uh, and things like that. I think it's been maybe a little much. Um, you know, there was that report, and I don't know if it was him or not, that Shador had, you know, uh, well, he had posted, or somebody posted on his account at halftime of that game, Stanford game, when they were 29 nothing. I was calling a high school football game. 
like oh my god we're gonna shut somebody out like i was already thinking that way i'm sure they were like when's the last time we shut somebody out um so it, obviously that was embarrassing worst loss in uh in pac-12 history uh worst loss in colorado history in terms of blowing a lead um come on a bye week i think is a terrible time because now you're gonna sit with that for 14 days um but again it was good it's it's a little bit of, of, of humble pie so <clears throat> the sc game the week before uh, they were down by three touchdowns early and second half they came back and they showed um you know offensive was great you know uh, great to see after that game and you might have thought colorado won and sc lost even even though it was the other way around so uh losing to stanford in the way they did uh you know obviously a lot of defensive mistakes what do you now do with travis hunter you know the two-way star in college football first game back from that injury and he played a lot of snaps and he just got killed uh you know defensively in the second half again he's being asked to do a lot um so I think there's just a lot of game planning that you have to consider. Um, and, and yeah, I, I honestly, for me, I had drawn up. They had to have that win in order to qualify for a bowl game. So they've only got four wins. Uh, you need two more, and it's real hard to find two more on the schedule. Uh, you know, if UCLA has a, has a dud, like I see had against Notre Dame, you know, maybe they can win in the Rose Bowl. But uh, Shine's not off. I, th I think, uh, you know, it's an excellent program. In recruiting, they're going to get a ton of, of uh, a five-star offensive and defensive linemen, and I, I think they will be fine. But the question in my mind now for the Buffs is, can they get two more wins? Can you find two? Yeah, and let's just, let's just look at it from a macro point of view. Like, this team ha has already exceeded the win total from last year by a large margin. So you can say, like, oh, the hype has died down and, you know, everyone's off of Colorado. But if we look at it from a zoomed-out perspective, this is a huge win already um, for, for this first year of, of Prime and his sons and, and Travis Hunter. This program, I think, is just going to get better. They're, they're going to learn from this. Like, like Jill mentioned, it's a slice of humble pie, of course, because they came out hot against TCU. They got humbled against Oregon, and then they got humbled again at home. I think that was a big thing. When it's at home, it hurts a little bit more, and you have to sit on it in the bye week, like Jill mentioned. And I just think that you know, going forward, if even if they have two more wins, that's a largely successful year like we're, I think we're looking at it too critically because you know there's a lot of hype around it and they're getting millions of viewers and stars were coming to the games and all that Shadur Sanders is still a great quarterback prime is still a great coach his sons are great Travis Hunter is still an excellent player whether that be a two-way or they convert him to just a receiver it doesn't matter they have some great talent on that team still they're going to get excellent recruits after the season this is a program that's headed for greatness. It's not a team that's peaked and then headed down. This is a program that's going to keep getting better. And for me, I'm just more excited. You know, I, I already know the hype is real. I'm excited to see them next year when they get these guys that want to play with Prime. These guys that want to play with Shadur Sanders if he decides to, you know, I, I don't know what the NFL status with him is. I'm not going to cross that bridge yet. But, but he can, he can, he's eligible. He can enter yeah, the Yeah, right. He can. But I, I think that for Shadur, I think he should stay a year and prove himself a little bit more um, with better players around him i think that'll that'll benefit him going into the nfl but for colorado mm -hmm. a lot to be proud of a lot to be happy about the hype is still there and i'm just looking forward to this off season after this season right now i mean the kid already has a maybe 
the over on that so they're already exceeding those expectations not um exceeding it no good oh that's great had them all great I mean, four times the number of games I did last year, so you're right. Yeah, I mean, I just, I thought that that would be, like, the easiest money that anybody could possibly make in college football would be to bet the over on uh, the total games that uh, the Bluffs have this season. Speaking of um, exceeding expectations, Rams are still exceeding my expectations. I think a lot of other people's expectations, not expectations, Grant was kind of thinking that this was going to actually happen, but they play... um, Granted, last week they played the Cardinals, but I digress. They're playing the Steelers this week. Um, what is everybody's thoughts as far as this game is concerned? Are we worried? Are we not worried? Are we just going like, eh, this should be a game for the Rams at SoFi? I mean, I think there's concern certainly with the uh, running back situation. I mean, your two running backs uh, uh, and Kyron Williams had such a great game uh, last uh, last week. Um, the fact that they're banged up and they've had to elevate, uh, uh, you know, the guy from the practice squad, help me on names here. And then they signed, um, signed one as well. They got, so, so (laughs) they signed Miles Gaskin from the Dolphins practice or from the Vikings practice squad. They brought back Daryl Henderson, um, and you know, they're, they're elevating guys everywhere. Like, like Jill mentioned. So I just want to put those names out there. Go ahead, Jill. No, thank you. I don't have my notes in front of me. (laughs) Not enough coffee yet, but but uh, no, I mean, I was impressed. I was uh, there Sunday. Um, um, I was impressed uh, with their win over the Cardinals, and you know, say what you will, um, but that's a game you have to win, a divisional game, and they did. So, um, but you know, the terrible towels coming in uh, at SoFi is is going to be a, another thing, um, and that's very interesting. You know, all on the opposing side and a. We saw a, a few years back uh, when the Chargers hosted the Steelers um, and what that looked like, and that was insane. It seemed like it, um, I, I, it's going to be a challenge for the Rams for sure. Uh, will Coach McVay's wife have his, the, the, the baby? Uh, he mentioned this week mm-hmm. that he'll be there and he'll coach no matter what. So um, he said a little bit too much was made of that deal last week, but they just have, you know, offensively, if, if Cup Nakua uh atwell um and stafford are healthy they're good but the problem is you got to keep a defense that uh, steelers defense offense and with so many questions in the run game for this week that might be difficult uh the steelers have an excellent defense you can say what you want get they they've had their struggles they have and mm-hmm. the rams have kind of exceeded expectations on the defensive end so it may actually be a good matchup for the rams defensively i know you're without darion kendrick but duke shelley has filled in perfectly with that team uh, when he has been called upon akella witherspoon who was a stealer this game games here kevin dotson who was on the Steelers and traded to the Rams is the highest rated guard by PFF grade in the NFL. Um, he's been an excellent offensive lineman and Akella Witherspoon is a guy that the Steelers gave up on and he's one of the highest rated corners in the game right now. So I know those guys are going to be motivated. The thing for the Rams, like Jill mentioned, both of their top running backs are out. Kyron Williams just ran for 158 yards and then you know, by all accounts presser after the game and then now he's out for about three to four weeks. 
Um, so it's kind of getting pieced together for the Rams running back room. They're going to have to use probably Daryl Henderson, who is a Super Bowl champion with the Rams. He knows the playbook. I've wanted the signing for a while. Um, he's going to be a good a good backup, I guess, a la C.J. Anderson when they signed C.J. Anderson back in the day. Um, I think it was in 2018 or whatever it was. Um, and they they signed Miles Gaskin. They're just going to have to piece together the running back room. I'm not concerned about Matthew Stafford. I'm not concerned about the receiving room. Even the offensive line is kept close. And Steelers are going to have the home field advantage. I know it's at SoFi, but they're going to have home field advantage. It is what it is. But the Rams have shown they played the San Francisco 49ers without their home crowd. They played the Eagles without their home crowd, and they played them both very well. So I'm not really worried about the crowd. I'm worried about the game plan and how they're going <laughs> to use their running backs. And Last but not least, we got to know, Jill, wine of the week. What is that wine of the week that we gotta have we have to order good thing i just happen to have one here and today 20 percent off started scoutandseller.com slash jill painter we've got a k figo in italian that means how cool san giovese that a lot of people um maybe wouldn't think about grabbing every day but uh it's a great one i mean especially uh um italian wines if you like italian wines so uh less than a gram of sugar in that bottle so none of the guilt, all the pleasure. I love me some San Giovese. I'm not really into European wines, but I can get down with like a, a I think the Italian wine, really, your Barolo and Giovese, uh, just, they do it extraordinarily well. And obviously you do it well as well, Jill. So thank you so much for that wine of the week, guys. Um, can you tell them really, really quick where to get it? Yes, you can get this. Uh, this is a, an Italian wine made uh, on a lot in Italy, but you can get it at scoutandseller.com slash Jill Painter. And again, 20% off wines from now of the weekend. I love it, guys. That is all she wrote for now. See it again tomorrow. This is the Araj Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. More to be free than a life in the bin Making money off of cuss words Writing again Learn how to take ahead So I fight with my pen Late night down sunset Like in the sin What's the worst they can do To a player got me lost in hell To live and die in LA On bail My people say Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.